Hello and welcome. My name is Brent Weaver and this is the Digital Agency Show. The podcast that goes behind the scenes with today's top agencies and entrepreneurs. I am really glad you're here. And once again, it's time to transform your business mindset. Hey, what's up, digital agency owners and podcast listeners. Before I introduce today's guest, I want to ask you a quick question. Are you currently stressed out, cash crunched, or fed up with your business? If you feel this way, you might think that you have a lead generation problem, or maybe that it's the area you live in, or maybe this market has become too competitive. Maybe you think that your business can't be turned around, and I want you to think again. In my many years of experience, I can tell you now that it's something much deeper that you're likely not even aware of yet. It's like a client who comes to you saying they need a website or Facebook ads or maybe a mobile app developed, but they don't even realize the deeper challenge or opportunity that's blocking them from success. Now, if you'd like to find out what your deeper challenge is, then I want to invite you to apply for a YouGurus strategy call where we'll dig into those underlying issues and get you moving forward like never before. The aha moments will shift the way you think forever, and you'll finally get the answers as to why your business hasn't taken off. The number one most important decision to rapidly grow your business starts by booking your strategy call. Go to yougurus.com slash apply to start your application process for this free call. Once again, go to yougurus.com slash apply to get started. All right, let's introduce today's guest. Hey, what's up, podcast listeners, digital agency owners. Welcome to another episode of the Digital Agency Show. So glad to have you guys here today. Uh, we are going to be talking with Brad Martineau, who spent seven over seven years leading the product development team at Infusionsoft. He is married with five kids. He collects flat-brimmed fitted hats, loves to play basketball, and he started his agency, Six Division, about six years ago to help entrepreneurs make sense of how to automate their businesses without having to rip their hair out. They did seven figures in their very first year. They've worked with people like Digital Marketer, Damon John's Shark Group, Dave Ramsey's Entree Leadership Group, and many more big names like that. Uh, they've restored order and sanity to the lives of thousands of entrepreneurs and created a proprietary step-by-step process that makes it easy for entrepreneurs to be confident about what they should be implementing in their businesses and how to actually get it implemented. Welcome to the program, Brad. Thank you. Excited to be here. That's a, a very impressive uh, a rap sheet of some of uh, the clients that you guys have worked with, as well as some of your accomplishments uh, in your business. Um, I'm curious, have things always uh, been, you know, the, uh, the, the big name highlight reel? <laughs> well, like, so, okay, let, we can be honest on this one, right? We don't have to like uh, posture. So let's be real. The, the big names are the ones that you work with so people will turn and pay attention because they're like, oh, cool, they worked with so-and-so. Um, the, the ones that are actually more exciting, like we had a lot of fun working with all those people. Uh, we went out and hung out with Damon John and in and, and his office and we did a bunch of stuff with Dave Ramsey's group and all that. Um, but the, the reality is like a lot of those, they're, they're much further along, they're much further established. And so we can come in and we provide, you know, they can, they can leverage what we teach them and what we help them with at, at a different scale than most people can. But, um, but if I'm completely honest, the, the clients that are the most fun to work with are actually the ones that are on the other spectrum, like on the other end of the spectrum. They're the ones that are just getting started because while there may be a greater financial leverage in the bigger companies, there's a greater uh, personal like life, uh, like quality of life change 
when you're working with somebody who's like, yeah, I'm, I'm making like 60 grand a year or like 120 grand a year. I'm trying to figure this thing out. And to come in and say, oh, cool. Well, you can actually figure it out, get better results and do it with less time and energy. Um, and, you know, it's the, the ripping the hair out. If you're, if you're bald or you shave your head like I do, then it's the beating of the head against the wall. Either one of them, either one of them still applies. So, so the reality is, is the big names are, you know, you got to say them because that's what everybody wants to hear. And, um, and the, the bulk of our work and the more personally fulfilling part of the work is actually, um, is actually on the other side of the table, on the other side of the coin of the, the people that are really, really getting started. And the other, the other chuckle when you said, has it, ever, uh, has it always been that way? Is like, if, if I could, if I could paint a picture of the first year when we did the, the, the million dollars that everybody's like, oh, that's so cool. How'd you do that? It's got to be amazing. No, the first year sucked. Like, <laughs> So yeah, we did a million dollars and, um, and I like, it's kind of one of those, I don't know that I would wish that on, I don't know that I would wish what we went through on uh, like one of my worst enemies. And I, I say that only half joking to really emphasize the fact that, um, the first year was, was just, it was freaking hard and it took a lot of hard work and it was not as glamorous as a million dollars makes it sound, um, to be, uh, and I mean, also- it, is, it is a nice round number that a lot of people are. Uh, maybe have been in this business for a long time are still trying to achieve. Yeah. And, well, yeah. And, and there's an element of, I mean, there's an element in that and I, we'll see if it comes out as we talk today, but there's an element in that of uh, if your target is just a dollar amount in particular, like, Oh, I got to get to the seven figure dollar amount. And you don't understand uh, what it is behind the seven figure amount. Um, as like, like that's driving you to get to that. Uh, I would highly suggest that you stop, do not pass go, do not collect $200 and reassess your priorities and what you're actually trying to make happen because you don't get any bonus points for top line revenue. It's just, it doesn't matter. And, and also you got to factor in the, the peace of mind and the quality. So, so on the one hand, like I don't want to diminish it cause I'm actually proud of it. Like, like we did that and you know, whatever it is, five or 6% of businesses only ever get there. And we were able to do it in our first year. And there were a lot of circumstances combined with a freaking ton of hard work and combined with just enough of the right work to, to make that happen. Um, and at the same time, I don't, I don't think that everybody needs to be chasing after that, that you may not need to build a million dollar business to create exactly what you want out of your life. And you might need to. So there's an element to let's get really clear on what you're trying to do before we fall in love with the idea of the, the magic seven figures and, and definitely, uh, know that the magic seven figures is not as comfortable as, uh, as six figures in a lot of cases. So <laughs> just to be aware of that's all. Sure. So last fall, you came to our U Summit event and you gave a fantastic keynote uh, and one of our, our best rated uh, talks at the event. I mean, I still get compliments uh, from people uh, about that talk, but your talk was titled uh, From Multiple Overdrawn Bank Accounts to Multiple Seven-Figure Agency. And I remember one of the slides that you showed was literally your Bank of America uh, <laughs> emails that you were getting because, you, you know, it was transactions oh. were trying to go through and either they weren't being allowed to go through or Bank of America was informing you that they were they were going yeah. through, but they were just charging you uh, fees, which I can remember from my early uh, days as an entrepreneur um, when we had, you know, we're running our agency and got into some trouble. I mean, I think I had some months where it was like seven or eight overdrafts. I almost looked at my overdraft account as like a, a really expensive line of credit. So I think a lot of people can relate with this situation. Can you take us back to that moment? Oh, yes. So, um, so yeah, so it was, uh, let's see, March 3rd, 2012. Um, oh no, April, sorry, sorry, not March. It was April 3rd, 2012. 
Um, and uh, we were we were about six months into the official uh, like legal creation of Sixth Division. So um, we'd been going for about six months. We had a, a handful of people uh, on the team, kind of contracted, no real full time uh, employees. And we were, we were like most businesses are when they get started, uh, trying to figure it out, right? We're like, what are we going to sell? How are we going to sell it? And we were making just enough money to kind of cover the expenses and put some money into a bank account and, and pay the people that were contracted and, and all that. But we, my business partner and I, we hadn't taken any money out of the business for six months. This was leading up to uh, April. So we roll in um, and, and what it, so some other context leading up to it, we had, um, we knew that if we were going to make this business do anything, we had to get into another office space because the, the office space we were in was a subleased, uh, maybe a, a nine or a 10 by 10 um, office space. There were like four or five of us at different times that were in there trying to use this single office sublease from one of the guys that was working with us from his stepfather, who was an attorney. Um, and just kind of in this office complex where like we wanted to have people come out and do work with us. And it was like, this is not a place you're going to bring people. Not, not that it was like, it was clean, but it was just a, Hey, come join us. We have like a, a two by two square foot of space. You can stand there while we do it. It wasn't going to work out very well. So we knew we had to get a new office space. Um, and so we went and signed on a lease on a space that was just getting built. Um, and it was, it was like a three year personally guaranteed lease that was, I think like three times what my mortgage was at the time. So I was like, all right, cool. We're not making any money. Let's go do that. That makes sense. Um, and I, if anyone that hasn't listened to me speak before this is the first time, you'll notice that there's some sarcasm in my voice. That statement was definitely sarcasm of the uh, intelligence behind that decision. So we did that. And simultaneously, um, we signed a sponsorship agreement with Infusionsoft uh, to sponsor there. It was in, at the time it was called InfusionCon. It was 2012. And we dropped, it was probably, uh, I think all in all, it ended up being about $30,000. And so part of our sponsorship was that I got to speak on stage and do an evening session and I could sell. And that was how we were going to recoup, uh, recoup our money. So that was April, uh, 2nd or 3rd. Now my, now my, now my dates are getting mixed up, but it was April 2nd or 3rd. And, uh, the morning I wake up that morning, um, the morning I'm going to, I'm going to speak, which is the second day of the event. And I wake up, I'm checking my email. Um, and I have an email from both my business and my personal bank account. And it was, I don't remember what, I don't remember what the labels were insufficient funds in the account or courtesy balance notification or whatever. And uh, both my personal and my business accounts uh, were overdrawn. So it was like a, it was a really great uh, confidence boost. Like, Hey, you're going to, hopefully you go make some money because you just spent a bunch of money and you personally guaranteed a bunch of money. And Oh, by the way, you have none. So good luck with that. So that's sort of the, the context leading up, I guess what would probably be, be valuable for some people to, to hear as well is at the time, so this is 2012, um, at the time, I had five kids that ranged from the ages of two um, up to, let me do some quick math, two up until about uh, nine or 10. So, you know, five kids at home, they like to eat food and stuff, and they like to have a roof. <laughs> so married with five kids, and, and that was kind of the, the situation coming in. Brand new entrepreneur, not really sure even what that meant at the time just knew that we were really good with this thing called Infusionsoft and, and knew that I, uh, or at least had an inkling of an idea that I liked working with entrepreneurs. And that was, that was about where I was super naive. Um, but like, yeah, we're going to go, we're going to go conquer the world, I guess, or something. So that was, that was the, that was kind of the backstory and the context that led up to uh, the infamous, the infamous emails of you have no money. It was fantastic. So how did you deal with that in the moment? You are about to go speak on stage. You've got to somehow 
make this back and um and I, f- I feel that sometimes we have situations where there's an incredible amount of pressure on us to uh, perform or get our ROI. Uh, was there anything that you did that day or did that kind of force you to, to make sure you deliver or figure out how to sell a new program or product? Uh, so, um, so, so here's the beauty of it. Um, uh, cause, and I, I just, I believe that like, I don't believe that there are challenges. I believe there are just opportunities. There's just, and they're the same thing. So challenge opportunity, there's no difference. There's just a thing that's got to be figured out. And here was the beauty in that situation, which a lot of people are like, holy crap, that's a big challenge or whatever. No, what it, what it was is like, I was in the middle of an event, like, like go back to when that's when you're like the very first time you're getting started as an entrepreneur, you just have stuff going on all over the place. So I'm at the middle of an event and like any, like most entrepreneurs that have been to lots of events. I mean, I was going into one of my first ones. My presentation wasn't done that I had to give that night. And we had a bunch of people that we've been talking to. I'm trying to coordinate our team and, and I've got sessions I'm trying to go to. I got all this stuff going on. Um, and I actually had a session. <laughs> I was speaking that day during the day. Um, I couldn't sell out of that session, but I was promoting people to get to my session. That presentation uh, wasn't done. Either. I got a bunch of stuff that was already going on. So I saw it and it was like, oh crap, that's not good. And like, literally, I didn't actually have time to be worried about it. It was like, all right, well, <laughs> Well, I got crap that has to happen today, so I'm gonna punt that to um, I'm gonna punt that to tomorrow, and I'm <laughs> going to, I'm gonna be nervous tomorrow. And 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 when I say that, it was there's probably a good you know you wake up. I don't know how many of the listeners go go to events, but you wake up and um, you know my kids aren't around, so I've got some. Normally, I wake up and I'm running running with the family, so I wake up and I'm just kind of sitting. There. I'm like, all right, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna kill a little bit of time and wake up slowly. I'm gonna go through my emails. So there's probably 15 to 30 minutes that morning um, that was just like, oh crap. And, and, you know, you start to run through the scenarios of, oh, shoot, well, okay, what am, what am I going to do? And then you start to play out, well, 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 here's what this means. And you start to create that. And then I was really quick. I was like, I don't have time for this. Like, I still have, literally, I have two presentations that I've got to finish um, today. And then I'm going to go sell the night and we'll see what happens. And um, and it was because I just, I didn't, I couldn't afford to do anything else, um, which actually, uh, actually has become one of my, um, it's, it's one of my lessons that I, anytime I'm talking with an entrepreneur, especially when they're getting started. This is core fundamental lesson of entrepreneurship, which is um, if you want to get smart in a hurry, run out of time or run out of money or both. <laughs> uh, and, and here's why, because here's what happens. You can't afford to be stupid anymore. Mm. Um, and until that point, you can afford to be stupid. Now, the other alternative, which is a better one, by the way, is that you convince yourself that you're out of time and out of money. And so you operate as if that's the case, because what it does is it forces you to start to be way more judicious with where you spend your time, where you spend your energy, where you like all of your resources. And, um, and if we go back before that date where I was out of money, we can go back to how I squandered through um, a severance package as well as a pretty healthy savings account to get to the point where I would show up there and not have any money left. And all of that was because I had enough padding uh, to afford to be stupid. Mm. Almost like it works against you in a way. You get oh yeah, because like because like I didn't I didn't have to actually decide on things because it wasn't. Here's what happens: the the fear and the perceived pain of making the right decision and starting to move forward, like like the the unknown, the fear of stepping into the unknown and figuring that out, had not become um, less than uh, the pain of not being able to provide for my family because I had savings. And as soon as I was gone, I was like, well, guess what? Now, now what's more painful? Going home and telling your family you literally have no money 
or deciding what you're going to go sell and how you're going to go sell it and how you're going to get people to buy and then how you're going to fulfill it. And all of a sudden it shifted. Um, and it was like, all right, cool. I got, I got it. Like I'm a, I'm a quick student too. So as soon as that happened, I was like, all right, I got this. I, I can either actually run out of time or money, or I can just operate like I'm going to. And it puts me into a state where I just recognize that like life's not long enough for me to afford to be stupid. <laughs> and so, so did you have to tell uh, your wife that you were out of money or did you guys uh, sell enough at the conference to kind of sweep no, that we, one under the rug? No, no, no. We, we sold enough at the conference that I, I don't actually remember when we had the conversation, but it might have been as I was preparing the presentation for your event. That was the first time I've ever talked about. Um, <laughs> You're like, oh, by the way, like like six years ago, uh, <laughs> six we years ago, I have literally no money, and I was maybe twelve hours away from having to have a conversation with you. But luckily, I did not, and it's all good. Don't worry about it. So uh, it went probably something like that. I don't remember the details. I like to block those things out. <laughs> well, and I, I find that fascinating because you're at this event, you're on stage, you're probably sharing some really good content. Obviously, it drove enough sales to kind of make this go away. But I imagine that a lot of people that go to events and they're hearing somebody on stage, there's kind of this notion of, oh, man, Brad's got it all figured out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah the, the reality was, you, you know, you, you had a huge mess in your hands. You just, you probably didn't, you know, you, you weren't sharing that with the audience. Like at this Infusionsoft conference, you were probably well, delivering value and talking up the company and talking about how you guys are so great and how you can fix everybody's problems. Uh, but the reality that, you know, is it's now safe to maybe talk about years later was, you, you know, that the, you guys were, were running on fumes. Yeah. Well, the, so yeah, so here's, here's the, here's the key thing to recognize in that is one, nobody has it figured out. Like every single business just has some varying, some, some, some level of a crap show going on in their business. Like it's just every single business. I've, again, you go, go back to the, um, I've worked with people that are just starting and I've worked with people like, and we didn't list all of my work with people at the very top. I was part of Infusionsoft while Infusionsoft went from zero to, I don't remember how many million, we had 150 employees while I was there and I've been closely involved since then. Um, and the reality is, is there's this notion that somewhere somebody has it figured out. Okay, so it's not true. That's the first thing to recognize is it's just fundamentally not true. And I, we even talked about that. Uh, I even talked about that at your event. It's like, look, the, the first lesson, here's what I can tell you. People that are crazy successful, they don't feel any shame or guilt about the fact that they don't have everything perfectly figured out. They're just like, yeah, no, this is just called normal. It's just what it is. Whereas the people that struggle are the ones that add additional weight into their lives because like, man, like, this isn't perfect. I must be doing something wrong. No, you're doing something, which means it's not going to be perfect. It's just normal. So that's like core, core principle number one. And core principle number two is when I get up on stage, like when I got up on stage at that conference, I was talking about how to make sense of this new thing that was being introduced into the world called marketing automation, um, which has nothing to do with uh, like the actual mechanics of a business. I mean, they're, they're, they're loosely connected. Um, but I was insanely good um, at that. And I believe we still are the best in the world at that particular um, thing, not Infusionsoft, but just marketing automation and systems. Um, and, and anytime you sit in an audience and you look and you see somebody else up there presenting what they're presenting, the fact that they're presenting, it means they're good at that thing. That thing is not an entire business. So like, so like there's this element of understanding, look, no matter what, if I went into somebody's business, I would find that there's just stuff happening that's like weird. 
And when they get up and they talk about how good they are at the Facebook ad thing or whatever, what I do in my mind, it's like a human thing. I don't know why we do this, but what, what, what we do in our mind is we see somebody else who's got something figured out and we automatically assume that because they have that one component of life figured out, that the rest of their life is totally figured out too. It's like, <laughs> probably not. not. My experience has been that that's not the case. It's just not the way that the world works. I don't believe that that's the way that life was designed either. So anyway, I, yeah, I, I, uh, it was it definitely interesting. Um, but when we got up, like I would, I didn't spend very much time talking about our business. It was like, look, I'm going to show you how to do this. So let's go. We got an hour. I'm going to teach you some stuff. Um, and we just, we just taught. And so I'm up there speaking. I'm like, I'm just going to teach you how to do this. Cause this is what I know. This stuff just works. People ate it up and then they bought. I want to talk about your agency six division a little bit. Obviously you guys have, you know, multiples overdrawn bank accounts to multiple seven figures. You did seven figures in your first year, uh, which, which in, in a way I, I interpret that as you guys make something that, uh, that people want. You've mentioned, uh, marketing automation and, and something that I, um, you covered in your talk at our event as you got into kind of the meat and potatoes and, and I've experienced buying multiple programs that you guys have is you're really good about, um, uh, not offering too much, like you have only a couple of different things that you guys can buy at Six Division, and I think you've helped people to even create that for themselves. I think in our industry, the buzzwords around this is kind of productized services or turning a a, a consulting program into more of a package, right? And I think this is something that eludes a lot of people, um, but it's something that you guys are very good at in terms of uh, translating what companies do into packages and also on you know your programs themselves, like they're um they're very well defined and you guys have very good processes for what you sell and then you have all this great automation that kind of uh, actually delivers that so how how would you you know give advice to people that are looking to achieve that for their business oh it's a that's a it's a great question it gets me excited okay so uh so a couple a couple of things you're you're right on um what i the biggest thing i come across i had a lot of conversations at the event we've worked with um, we work with some people that were at the event and, and this is what we've, so what we've helped them with is to, is to work through this very thing. Um, the, the, the ultimate, like the ultimate outcome here. So I'm, I have a distinction between packaging services and productizing services. So just so we're clear in, in the language I'm going to use packaging, the services, how you package it up to be sold, productizing it is actually in the delivery of it. Um, and it's more about, how you create and add automated training and other resources so that the service itself, there's a product that comes before the service and it makes the service better. So packaging is more about the definition of like, what's actually on my product menu? What am I actually selling? And most people in the, I'm going to talk specifically to the agency or people that might call themselves services businesses because they don't like or feel like the title agency applies to them, whatever. Um, so if I, if I look specifically at that group, um, what I've found is the uh, is the under one of the if not the biggest underlying root problem of all of this is um, most of the agencies have created a purpose for their business and it's all focused on their client and what they forgot to do is they forgot that that purpose for their client sits on a foundation called the purpose for them as the business and they forgot to consider themselves and so what they've done is they've said hey well. I've, I've got this niche, right? There's a principle of I got to go pick a niche. Cool. I got that. Um, and here's the thing that they want. So I'm going to go create this offering that they want. And what they never got clear on is what am I actually willing to, um, to give to my clients in order to deliver the thing that they want? 
And so any client that comes in and works with us, especially around this conversation, the very first thing I have them do is I have them write an internal purpose document, which is, why are you doing this? Meaning, what does it look like in your business for this thing to work for you? Because at some point, it's like, this just doesn't work. I'm, gonna, I'm closing shop. I want to know what that is. And I want you to know what it is because that's going to guide all of the conversations around what your product menu actually looks like. And so it looks something like this. Um, how much money do you need to take home? in order for this thing to work for you. And I want a dollar amount. And what most people do is they're like, they, they, they're, they hedge their bet or they're, they're shifty on actually nailing down a dollar amount um, because they feel like if they say, well, I want to make $250,000 take home, then that means they can never make 500. Like, no, I'm not saying you cap it there. I'm just saying there's a minimum amount that this works for you. Um, and you've got to be really clear when you go create your product menu. And then ultimately your financial plan You've got to be able to create a financial plan that produces whatever that number is you said. Otherwise, this thing doesn't work from the beginning. So you got to do that. The second one is how much time are you willing to put in? The third one is what kind of role do you see yourself having in the business once you get it up and running off the ground? And what is your vision for this company? Meaning, do you see this as being a company where there's a bunch of other people doing the work and you're a CEO? Or do you see this being a, I'm the leader slash the worker, like this is just a company built around me because I love doing the work so much? and how much time and then how much money. You got to anchor it in that um, before we even have a conversation about product offerings. Because if I don't have that anchored, I'll go create a product offering that will put demands on me that actually make the business not work from the very beginning. And then I'll go throw it into a spreadsheet or, or not, which I found is what most people do. They don't even have a financial plan. Then I'll start to say, well, I'm going to sell X number of these and X number of these and X number of these. And all of a sudden you get to the state of, I'm a starving artist. I'm not getting paid what I'm worth. Um, I don't have any free time. Like this is killing me. I'm dealing with clients that are no fun. And I believe that what it is, is most people, what, what they do, because by by date by, by default, by human nature, we don't want to assume responsibility. So we project the fault onto somebody else. And so what we say is people don't value my time. And my argument is if you haven't actually defined what you want in terms of revenue and in terms of time and in terms of your role in the company, then you don't value your time and nobody else is going to if you don't. So that's the first step. And then the next step from there is now we can get into the purpose of like, what do you actually do for people? What is the problem that you're solving? What is your kind of unique take and philosophy on how you're going to go solve it for them? And then we've got to decide, well, now we've got to package up the services so that they can be purchased like, like a product. It's like a package, meaning um, I just I don't believe in custom stuff. Um, if I'm a, let's take a website, let's just take like a website designer, right? Website designer developer. Because this is one that's like, oh, yeah, we, we, we got to quote it. No you, no, you don't. You have like three packages. There's a $3,000 package. There's an $8,000 package. And there's a $15,000 package. And decide what's included in each one of those. And then because what ha here's what happens. If I have to custom quote every single website, you want to know what I cannot do? What I cannot do is create any sort of predictability and planning in what my revenue is going to look like because I don't know what I'm selling. However... When I have my packages, which I would say if you're starting, I would say you just have one, by the way. Imagine a website designer. If you're like, look, I only do $10,000 websites and I want to make $250,000 a year. Cool. What are your expenses going to be? It's going to be like $50,000. Great. Guess what? You, you only need to sell like three of them a month. So the question is, can you sell three a month? Can you deliver three in a month? And if you can, then you just need 36 websites. Like the planning gets super easy because you know you only have one thing to sell and they can either buy it or not buy it. And what shifts is, this is the big, the big mental shift. I'm not trying to find people and then figure out what they want. Meaning like, 
what, what the degree is. I'm deciding what I'm going to sell and I'm going and finding the people that that works for. And it's like a, it's a subtle shift that only opens up all kinds of freedom once you grasp it. So for us, um, we've had a makeover. We started selling it at like $6,000 and now we sell it at 15. Um, and for us on, for that product line, we are not getting on a phone call with people and saying, Hey, well, what do you need? Cool. Well, that's going to be $2,700 or 32, 37 and 63 cents. Like, no, look, here's the deal. We have a makeover. It costs 15 grand. Um, here's what we can get done. And we only actually put that in front of people and talk to people about that, where it would make sense for them to invest 15 grand because they're going to get a multiple on top of that for their return. And all of our planning, all of our predictability around revenue, and then also fulfillment, because I know exactly once I package my service, I know exactly how it's going to be fulfilled, which means I can make it systematic. And so, so the key is one, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of wrap back around and pull some of those principles together and summarize it. The keys are this one, you've got to be anchored in what you want out of the business first, because that will be the ultimate decision maker about what kind of offerings you can actually have in your business. Because if your offering violates what you said you're out to create, then you can't do it. And I don't mean like on day one, right? Day one, you're working towards it, but you got to be clear that at least on paper, you have to be able to explain how you're going to sell X number of an offering profit a certain amount, that amount's got to equal what you put in your internal purpose doc. You got to be able to see how much time it's going to take you. That's got to fit to your internal purpose doc. And then as the company grows, you got to be able to see how you can get to the role that you want. So that's first is this internal purpose doc. Then you go take your services and you package them. Um, and if you're just getting started, like it's just one. And right now we have, I mean, so yeah, we're a multi seven figure agency. We've got two services. Um, one of them is a makeover and we do different levels of it, but it's basically fulfilled the same way. And then the other one is an ongoing program where we work with you, uh, six months at a time to get, to, to get a rhythm installed in your business. And a lot of people are like, no, I got to have eight offerings and they're making $150,000. I'm like, no, if you want to make more money, have one. It's a lot easier because <laughs> I'm not like, I'm not looking for every business owner and then trying to figure out what I can do to serve them. Um, I'm really clear that if I want my business to survive, I have to be an advocate for the future of my business. And if I'm going to do that, that means I recognize that my business will survive if I have calm and if I have a calm, predictable business, both on the selling side and on the fulfillment side. So we've got two offerings. When they buy one of them, I can literally push a button. I don't care who buys it. I push a button. I know exactly what's going to happen. And if they buy the other one, I push a different button. I know exactly what's going to happen. And I can plan for it. I can decide if I want to go to an event because I know that at the event, there are going to be people there that are in the range of the type of business that would be a fit for the offering um, because I know exactly what it is. So that was a slightly longer uh, description. <laughs> uh, hopefully that covered what you wanted and go too far above and beyond. But that is like, I cannot stress enough. Um, let me say it this way. If anyone's listening, like, oh, that sounds cool, but I'm going to go do this over here. I'm just like, I've been down the road. I've worked with literally thousands of entrepreneurs. I've beaten my head against this enough. Please just listen to what I'm saying. It'll just make your life easier. That's all. And and it, it is, I mean, one, it's a little counterintuitive that you can offer fewer things and make more money and have more peace of mind or more, uh, uh, more of your business is systematized. Like I actually, we, we use a lot of your material in terms of how we run you gurus behind the scenes. So I know exactly what it means when you say I push a button and this happens, or I push this button and this happens because that's exactly how we've set up kind of our back of the house is, is using right. the six division method and, and, um, 
and we we have these forms that our salesperson will press a button, and then all these other things happen within the business, uh, which is very difficult if you have a highly custom uh, type yeah, of sales if environment. Custom, you can't you can't do that, right? Like if every project is a custom project, um, you can't push a button. Like, and I can't schedule it either. So like I've got to go realign my resources either on my team or contracted resources for every project. And I, and I don't know necessarily when the project is going to be done because it's this custom one. So I don't know how to predict when I can sell another one. Like it creates all of this predictability around having the freedom. And that's why we got into business in the first place goes right out the window. It's like, Hey, I'm going to go be free, but I'm going to do it in a way that has me not be free. I'm like, oh, no, I just, I, no, do not sign me up for that one. I will pass. <laughs> do, do you think there's a, and I assume there's, there's a handful of development agencies who are listening to this right now thinking to themselves, you know, well, we build custom apps. I mean, we build software for other companies. And, and I'm curious, in your experience, maybe you've come across those types of companies. Uh, are there examples where this doesn't really fit very well? Or is it just reimagining their business model in a little bit different lens? Um, so, so, well, okay. So that's a great question. Um, and I think the answer is yes to both of those, which would sound counterintuitive, but here's why I say that recognize that the, where I'm coming from is a standpoint that I'm, I'm really clear that I got into business so that I could have, uh, freedom and, and I have, uh, there's, so this is my internal purpose, um, freedom. And I don't mean like I'm driving a Ferrari and I'm sitting on a beach. I don't really care about cars. And if I sat on the beach for more than like four hours, I'd go insane. So, um, I'm talking about. Um, I want the freedom to be able to take my kids to school in the morning and I want to pick them up from school in the afternoon. And if we're going to go on a trip, I want to be able to just go on a trip and have a business that just runs. It's about the, the, the predictable nature of the business so that it serves me. I'm not in any way interested. Um, well, that's, that's not entirely true. I won't go down that route. <laughs> um, so, so that, that, that's where I'm coming from is my objective is I want that. I want, I want the freedom of, um, when I, when I go home, most of the time, I want to be able to go home and be home. Like, I don't want to be worrying about, about everything that's going on. So um, that is in my internal purpose. Um, and so for me, and I've got like, I've got time stuff and I've got revenue stuff in there and everything. And, and so for me, it's the only way, the only way to get to that amount of predictability around freedom is to have predictability in how my business runs. And the only way to have predictability around my business runs is it can't be the way that I deliver can't be custom. Now, here's, here's the funny thing. So here's how I'd respond to that. This is why it's sort of both. Um, we build custom stuff all the time. It's almost the only thing that we do. Very rarely do we actually, uh, well, maybe it's, I don't know. I, I have to talk to the team that does most of the work, but we're not, it's not like we're just this, uh, it's like, Hey, here's a template of this. You know, it's like, here's a template of this thing. We're just going to go with this. Almost everything we do is custom. We like when you guys came out, um, you know, uh, Steve came out, right? So Steve came out, we sat down and we went through and we like talked specifically about your business and we built it custom, but the, doesn't mean that the offering can't be packaged. So here's how, here's how it would work. What you produce can still be custom. You're just putting a container around it. So Steve came out and spent uh, two days, I think, with Jordan. Um, and, uh, and so the, the container, the package, the thing that I'm selling is, yeah, it's, look, you come out and we got two days and here's what we're going to do. And, um, and everything that gets produced out of those two days is 100% custom. But what I get is because the, the packaging of it is contained, and not just in a two-day format. I could spread that out. It's the same way with our elite program. It runs over six months because it's contained and we've architected the container in a way where we have predictability about what is going to be required from me in order to go fulfill and deliver this. Um, then I can create predictability and I can produce custom stuff. So cool. You do custom apps. That's great. 
That doesn't mean that you've got to go pretend like you're a savant and you can predict the future and you can guess every single thing that's going to go into the app ahead of time and then have like this six-month contract or three-month contract or whatever. So my response to that would be, would be uh, suspend this belief for a minute and just sit in the realm of, well, what would it take? Like, like let's just assume this was possible in my business as a, as a custom development shop. What would it look like if I created a package where I knew exactly what was going to be required of me? Like, what, what, what would it have to happen? What would have to be true for me to be able to sell this to somebody to go create this app? Everything I built into the app could be custom, um, but the container could be something where when I sold it, I knew that I just locked up that developer for three months so I could plan around it. And every time I sold it, it was like developer for three months. It wasn't, oh, this one is three months. That one's two months. This one's four months. So I would, I would just say, suspend disbelief. See if you can get a little bit creative. Um, I, I know you can, uh, but see if you can get a little bit creative about maybe I can sell this as, um, I mean, look, here's the deal. At the end of the day, when you do a custom quote for anything, what you're doing is you're guessing how much work it's going to take. And then you're guessing how long it's going to take you to do that work. And then you're deciding how much money you want to make. And then you're throwing that into a quote. That's all we're doing. Um, I'm just suggesting that instead of you, uh, Instead of you letting the containers get built with every project, you just say, well, look, it's real simple. We got like a three-month development project package. We've got a six-month one, and we've got a nine-month one or a year-long one, and they cost this much. And based on what you're saying, here's the deal. I, I'm not – like I've done this long enough. And by the way, I so you're talking to someone that comes out of the software world, so this I'm not ignorant to this. Uh, I've got a software company that I own as well, and I was FusionSoft software. I was in the middle of it, so um, – here, here's, here's what I know to be true. If you ever, if you ever like predict around software, you're like, you're just asking for problems. So <laughs> for me, it's like, look, I, here's the deal. I've done this a lot. Here's what I think. I'm pretty confident we can get done in the time that you're talking about coming out. And you're always going to understate that. Right. But, um, there are going to be, look, I don't know how crazy you're going to be in month two. Look, here's what I know. And this only happens on every single development project. This would literally be a conversation with the client for me. Um, here's what I know. We're going to get going and we've got requirements right now. And I guarantee that you haven't given me all the requirements that are in the back of your head. Um, what I also know and guarantee is that as we go along, I'm going to have more ideas about how to make this thing better. And they might be better than the one that you gave me. Um, but we might have to trade two of the things you gave me for my one idea that's better, or you might come up with a better idea. We might need to trade, which means really all the back and forth up front about you and I talking about what exactly is it going to cost and trying to come up with detailed requirements and all that stuff. We want to do enough of that so that I can accurately and confidently predict that we're going to be in this realm so we don't get halfway through this and realize, oh, I underscoped this by 50%. But we're going to know more in a month than we are right now. And we're going to be better suited to make that decision in a month. So look, what you're saying you want to create, I am confident we can do it in this time frame. And so do this package. And look, if we go and something blows up, like if something comes out of the woodwork that nobody's aware of, um, like you're not aware of it, there's no way that I could have possibly predicted it, then you're going to have to pay more money. And so we'll keep going, you know, like, like there's an element of, there's an element and there's an art in the sales conversation of getting people to recognize, look, I'm really good at what I do and I'm really fast at what I do. And I want to create the coolest thing that I can. And I guarantee that if you come work with me, we'll get more done for the time you spend working with me than you're going to go get done anywhere else. Um, and I want to enroll you with the fact that I, like, I don't know what, like, stuff might come up and I don't want you, like, I don't want to be on the hook for the gap that comes up because you didn't tell me something. Cause now we're in the really weird, now we're in a weird conversation of like, well, remember that would have been really great for you to tell me a month ago when we started, 
and you didn't. And now it's added a multiple to this whole project. And now because we time scoped it and it was definitive as a custom project, um, now I got to come back and now I have to be the one that comes and creates this difficult conversation with you. So I would, I think you can create packages around custom work that make your life easier and more predictable. It, it, it changes how you sell for sure. Um, it also creates a tremendous amount of, of predictability. And it also, what it does is it forces you to figure out how to enroll the client on the fact that you're basically partnering up on a project and, um, and, and you're smart and you're with them and you're going to like, whatever the project ebbs and flows, you're going to be right there with them as opposed to, Hey, here's a, here's a checklist and I'm only going to pay this much. And I got 75% of the way through the checklist, but we didn't do this, 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 and this, like, I don't, I don't ever want to have that conversation. So we, we, we stay away from it. We basically package up our offerings in a way that's like, yeah, you got this much time. We're going to crank through whatever becomes the most important priority. And this allows us the flexibility to adjust as we continue going on because you're going to have different ideas. So, so there's a little bit of creativity in there, but I, again, I want the predictability yeah. instead of having all the crap. So I, I think there's a way to get creative. Uh, it does challenge the brain a little bit. It is a little bit of bending the brains. It's a different way of looking at it, but it, uh, it's also the reason why there's not a whole lot of custom development shops that have calm, predictable businesses. <laughs> I hope, I hope they're all right now. If they are listening, they are thinking to themselves, okay, I can simplify this or I could create a container for this. And, and I have seen a handful of them, uh, that have, you know, very simple billing models and things like that. And, and those are the ones that I typically see that are scaling very well. Whereas the folks that are coming up with like really complex feature driven, scope driven, uh, uh, quotes where it's literally down to, you know, we're going to do this checklist. Um, that is very difficult to scale. It's not that they're not yeah, going to be successful. Well, it's just that it it's hard to put systems around that kind of a sales model in particular. Yeah. It's, I mean, and at the end of the day, it's like, again, at the end of the day, it's the same amount of time. We're still trying to find a, a rate or whatever. So you just, you create a package that says, okay, look, we're going to work on this. Here's what happened. When I started like way, way, way back before even sixth division, I was doing this solo freelance consulting and I was doing a call. I would take all the requirements. I'd create like a custom, I would actually do a diagram of how we we're going to build their stuff out in their business. And then I would do the, okay, I hope they buy this. What should I price this at? And all that bull crap that goes through your head where you're like afraid to, to make the offer because you don't want to overcharge and have them say no, but you haven't figured out how to like create the value. And I did that for like two months. And then I realized this is stupid. I'm doing all of the really important and hard work and I'm not getting paid for it. And then I'm hoping that people will pay in the amount of time that we went back and forth, I could get, just get the stuff done. And so again, sort of out of necessity and, and probably out of just, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty anti-wasting time and energy on anything. I just started shifting my conversations to look, here's the deal. Um, in the amount of time that we go back and forth on a proposal and all this bull crap, one, I'm going to do all the important work there. And two, in the amount of time we go back and forth and you think about it, I could have the thing done. So here's what we're going to do. You're going to pay me for an initial call and we're going to do a preliminary swag scope. And we're going to walk through back. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's going to be this package. And then in that package, we're going to crank. And I am really fast, which I've already demonstrated in the first call. Um, and we're just going to crank. Whatever we get done, we get done. And beyond that, if you want to do more, and I'm going to leave it where you can go do work. So like I got early on, I got hooked on this. Like, I don't, I don't want to do these custom, super specific quotes. Like they're, they're in some cases, they're a necessity. If you're going to build a custom project, again, I just go back to the creativity lies in how do you package it? So that the output remains custom, but the requirement from you, the input from you is not. That's, that's really like the, the core fundamental component, both on a selling side, on a scoping side, on an actual deliverable side. How do I set it up where 
the input that's required from me, I can count on it. I know exactly what it's going to be. It's either going to be in this increment or in this increment. And then the output's going to be, it can be totally custom. That's fine. Cause I've got a container. Um, and, and then you figure out how to sell it and enroll people um, in that. And it, it works. I just, I'm, I'm living proof that it works. So that's awesome. Brad, this has been a fascinating conversation. I love always hearing more about uh, your history with Six Division, your entrepreneurial mindset, uh, your approach to business in general. So uh, this has been fantastic. Are you ready for our lightning round? Oh, sure. Crush this. What is the best advice you've ever received? Oh, man. Um, <laughs> we'll keep this business related. Anytime I get these questions, I'm like, well, that's a, that's a very broad question. Um, so business related, best advice. I, I think one of the questions has to do with the book, right? I'm going to kind of combine two together. Sorry, I'm, I'm stealing questions. Um, <laughs> uh, I would say the best advice um, that I got came out of a book is one that I read early, early, early on. Uh, it's uh, Ready, Fire, Aim by Michael Masterson. Um, and what he did is he's, he's got, uh, he's got a way that he organizes how small businesses grow into different phases. And he talks about how he talks about at each phase, what you've got to focus on, uh, what your challenges are, what your opportunities are, what to focus on. Um, and when I started my company, I read it, there's like four or five, he, he identifies four or five phases. I, I break them up a little bit differently, but, um, I read the first section cause it talked to the first phase and it was like, I, I, I don't need to know anything else besides just go do this. Um, and, and so, so the, the advice slash the, the big lesson, I'm not going to go into the specifics of what he said in the book, but the big lesson is, um, like small business has been around forever. And as you grow a business, it will go through phases. It just will. And they're, they're like, you can identify what they are. In fact, recently we've started to create, we've created this thing we call the small business spectrum. And it's, uh, it's basically from zero to 10 million and there's five buckets. Your business will go through these five buckets as you go from zero up to 10 million, if you ever get there. And at each phase, uh, it will look different. Um, and there will be different challenges slash opportunities and different things to focus on. And so, so the advice that I took away was just know where you are and then be there. Um, and, and don't, don't try and be ahead of yourself. Um, and, but, but don't also convince yourself that you're behind where you are, just know where you are and be there. And, and really this is a, this is actually really good life principle as well. Um, like know where you are. Like right now I've got five kids. They're 15 down to eight. I don't have 15 to 20. And I also don't have zero to eight. It's really good for me to just be like really present where I am, take stock of it, look around because pretty much anyone that's got five kids between eight and 15, they're probably dealing with about the same crap that I'm dealing with. And I say crap as like stuff, right? It's just same thing. So when you, when you recognize that there are phases that are going to go through and you're not that unique, you have your own unique set of challenges with your business, but at a macro level, look, man, it's, you go, you go uh, solopreneur to the next bucket we call solopreneur plus, which is you started to get some contracted people around you to a budding business. You've actually started to hire some people to a growing company. You've actually got people on staff and probably people handling most of the critical functions to an expanding enterprise where you've got like a layer of leadership, every company is going to go through that. You might have some unique challenges, but when you're aware where you are on that, on that uh, spectrum, there's a lot of lessons you can learn where one, you stop chasing after the, like you stop looking at the company that's doing hundred million and be like, okay, I've got to do what they're doing. No, you don't. You're doing a half a million dollars. You should be looking at the either 
one of two things. You should be looking at the half million dollar business that is successful, or you should be looking at the hundred million dollar business and trying to figure out what they did when they were a half million dollar business. So that would be biggest piece of advice combined with uh, book read is know where you are and then go look for clues of success when people were, were where when people were where you are right now, as opposed to trying to leapfrog and take what they're doing right now when they're 10 times your company or, you know, or whatever. So just know where you are. And it literally is one of the most liberating things possible because you don't have to feel bad about not being where somebody else is. And you can take stock in uh, what you've been able to do as far as how you've progressed. And you can look around and like, you're just not that special. I mean, you are, but at the same time, you're not. <laughs> no, I think that, that, that makes, that makes a lot of sense, uh, Brad. Uh, which of your personal habits has contributed most to your success? Um, I, uh, I listen and, and not in a way where I listen to people. I mean, I do that, I do that too, but that's not what I'm talking about. Uh, like I, I pay attention to life. Um, and, and the best way I can describe this. So I served a mission for my church. I was in Venezuela. I learned how to speak Spanish and I got really good, like to the point that I was there for two years and towards the end. And I get like, when I'm out in the sun, it was in Venezuela. It's just super hot there. Like I get really dark and I would talk to people and they're like, Oh, so where, where are you from in Venezuela? Um, and all that. And, and the reason why, and there are a lot of other people that came out that didn't get good at Spanish. And the reason why, um, the reason why I did is because when I would talk to people, um, I would, you know, I'd go up and I'd ask them a question like, Hey, how do you get to the grocery store? And they would answer, well, the way you get to the grocery store is like this. And they would say it differently than me. And, and my brain is like, well, wait a minute, let's see, you grew up here and Spanish is your native language. It's not mine. And literally you just repeated back to me what I said to you and you said it differently. So I'm going to go out on a limb and guess that I'm wrong here. Like just general assumption I'm off. And, and I would actually stop and ask people like, Hey, I have a question. Why did you say it that way? And so, so that example of like, I'm paying attention to life all the time. So when I was on my mission, I learned Spanish really well because I would pay attention to life, like other people that were speaking the language, like, well, I wouldn't have said it that way. And in business, I'm paying attention to like, and I, when I say this, I mean like daily and hourly and minutely, I don't know if that's a word or not, but like, I'm paying attention to what's going on around me. And when I hear a little story that, that pops up on my radar about somebody who had this success, I'm like, hmm, interesting. I would never have thought of that. And so I'm, I'm just, my habit is like, I have a journal that's just, I'm capturing like, oh, this over here and this over here. I'm drawing connections uh, between things. So I think, I think the biggest personal habit of mine is like, I really, really, really pay attention and observe uh, just life and things that go on around me. Cause I believe it's the, I believe it's the most impactful and the most powerful teacher. And um, I'm like, I just, it just keeps me going all the time. So I would say like, I, I just, I listen and I observe to what life has to offer. That's great. Is there a internet resource or a tool that you use that our, our listeners uh, would find valuable? Oh, um, let's see. Yeah. So just a couple that I'll just rattle off real quick. Cause it kind of hits on some, on some different, uh, some different topics. Like I'm pulling up my, I'm pulling up my phone right now to see which of my apps are the ones that I use the most here. Um, in terms of, uh, one tool that we love internally for our company, um, and I got about 15 people on my team, this probably really comes into play, maybe about five or so, um, is Basecamp, the new version, Basecamp three, um, is my favorite, uh, spin on project management. Cause it's less about less focused on projects and more about how to communicate around what's going on. It's phenomenal. Uh, so from like a business organization, um, if you get into, um, I'm not going to go into like the marketing automation apps and that stuff. You guys can, you can look that up. The other one that I'm, that I'm digging on right now is an app called Workflowy. And this is, um, 
it's it's very like you'll look at it and be like, hmm, that's almost seems kind of cheesy. Um, it's like a it's like a journaling. It's to capture all the stuff. Again, I'm an observer, so I'm always thinking about things, and I want to document. Like I had an experience, and here's what I was thinking about it, and I was talking with my dot. I want to document all that, and it's the most simple app, but it is completely practical uh, for me. And it took me like I did I had to play with it to get into it, but basically what it is is think like a Word doc that has a perpetual outline, and so it's this very simple app. It's got a desktop app, and you can log into it online. Then it's got the the it's got like an iPhone app, and I don't know what other what other phones, but you you go into it and um, you can just I have like if I go into mine, um, my my top level bullet points are I am committed to, and then below that I can put what I'm committed to. So it's God, Bridget, my wife, kids, health, work, and service, and that's what my entire life is about. I can drill down into any one of those, and I can create sub bullet points, and I can go, I can literally just keep going as many as I want. So I can organize whatever I've got going on in my brain. I can organize it hierarchically. Um, I've got an op, I've got a thing for stuff to do where I can just put like my notes. I've got a journal. I've got lessons that I've learned. Um, and then the other really cool thing about it is so I can organize everything hierarchically, but then I can also tag any of those individual elements. Um, so each element I can type in a note and I can do like a full summary. Um, and then I can also at the bottom, I can create tags. That's like a cross cutting organization of the whole thing. So I can go into my journal and I can be keeping track of all the things that are going on. And I can set up a tag for Landon. He's my eight-year-old. And I could do like uh, Landon experiences. And I could tag journal entries as Landon experiences. And I just create a section at the bottom for all my tags. And all I have to do is click on it. And it'll pull up any entry across the whole thing that is tagged Landon experiences. And so it's like, it's way simpler than like, I've done Evernote. I've done a bunch of them. And for whatever reason, the simplicity of this one is just stuck for me because I can pull it out. I can't, I can't overcomplicate it but I can capture all of the ideas that I want. Like it's just, it's super cool. So workflowy is the name I'm, and I'm digging on the one right now. Very cool. I'm going to, I'm going to check that out today myself. I was looking for new ways to uh, capture those ideas. And, uh, and that's great. Uh, Brad, can you tell our audience how they can find out more about you? And is there anything that you have that they can check out? Uh, yeah, for sure. So uh, if you go to sixth division.com, it's S I X T H division.com. Uh, we've got, we've got a bunch of resources on there. We've got, um, uh, free training class that we have that that basically is uh, you know based on where your business is what uh, how should you be approaching this idea of and we've talked today about like how we do automation and systems and people buy and we can push a button and and how we can be more efficient um, in our business and we've got a training class on like how to actually go do that because a lot of people want to um, but they get overwhelmed because it's this new muscle and this new skill set so we've got a it's a free training class you can register for and we walk you through here's how to approach it so that you can actually get the benefits out of this idea of, of technology and systems and automation in your business to free you up to be able to go sell more or to deliver better or to just be more, be more present at home. And we've, you know, it's what we've been doing for the last six years, plus the six years before that at Infusionsoft. So um, we've learned a thing or two, but it would break that down and give you some freedom. So if you go to sixdivision.com, uh, that's there. And again, it's S-I-X-T-H division.com. And then there's some other resources. Um, I'm on Facebook and, and the, well, I have, a, I have a Facebook account. I don't check it very frequently. I'm also on Instagram. Feel free to check me out there. If you want to not ever hear from me, you can follow me on Twitter. Um, so, so Instagram is the only one. That, that's the one that I'm, that I'm active on. But any one of those, any one of those would work. And if, if anybody wants to drop me an email, um, feel free to email me. It's brad at sixdivision.com spelled out. I got no problem if you want to email me. Cool. Um, uh, yeah, that would be the best way to get a hold of me. 
Very nice. And we'll, we'll link to all that stuff in the show notes, guys, as well as uh, we've got we're, we've started to do some uh, key takeaways from episodes on there, not just show notes, but um, trying to uh, simplify some of that stuff. So check out those show notes at yougurus.com forward slash podcast. Click on Brad's episode and you'll get all those links to his website as well as um, any kind of a recap of, of our program today and key takeaways. Uh, Brad, thank you so much for stopping by our program today. You know, we're, we're uh, big six division fans. We're customers. We've bought um, a, a lot of your, your programs and, and we've used that for our businesses. So I think just for our listeners today, you know, what, what Brad talked about, um, this stuff works and, and your approach to six division is, is fantastic. And I just want to encourage our listeners to check out more info on you uh, by going to your website and all that kind of stuff. So thanks for stopping by the program today. Awesome. Thanks for having me. It's good times. All right, guys, that is our program for this week on the Digital Agency Show. Stay tuned each and every week for more great content on how to grow your agency. Until then, I'm Brent Weaver. Thanks again for tuning in to the Digital Agency Show. Before we close out, I wanted to check in on your answer to my question from the beginning of the episode. Are you stressed out, cash crunched, fed up with your business? Now, if you feel this way, you might think that you have a lead generation problem. Maybe that it's the area you live in or that this market has gotten too competitive. Maybe you think that your business can't be turned around. And I want you to think again. In my many years of experience, I can tell you now, it's something much deeper that you're likely not even aware of yet. It's like a client who says they need a website, Facebook ads, or a mobile app when they don't even realize it's a deeper challenge that's blocking them from success. Now, if you'd like to find out what your deeper challenge is, then I want to invite you to apply for a strategy call where we're going to dig into those underlying issues in your business and get you moving forward like never before. The aha moments that you're going to have will shift the way you think forever, and you'll finally get the answers as to why your business hasn't taken off. The number one most important decision to rapidly grow your business starts by booking your YouGurus strategy call today. Go to yougurus.com slash apply to start the application process for this free call. Once again, go to yougurus.com slash apply to get started. Thanks again for tuning in. Join us next week for another episode of the Digital Agency Show.